Good morning. I forgot my glasses, so please bear with me. We're reading uh, John chapter 10, verses 1 to 21. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheephold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him. But they do know, but they do not know the voice of strangers, for they do not, sorry. Oh, I will not forget my glasses next time. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from the Father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, He has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. What a great privilege it is for us to come together in the presence of our living God and in the presence of his word and to, and to listen to what he has prepared for all of us this morning. Let's start with a word of prayer. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we gather here today, we invite your presence to be with us 
help us understand the significance of, of Jesus as the good shepherd. Guide us in discerning his voice amidst the noise of the world. May your spirit empower us to respond with faith and surrender. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the previous chapters, exactly the previous chapter, 9, we saw Jesus performing a miraculous healing by restoring the sight of a blind man. However, however, these cause conflict with the leaders and teachers of Israel. Moving into chapter 10, Jesus is still engaging in a conversation with the crowd who witnessed this miracle, including the once blind man, his disciples, and the presence of Pharisees and scribes and leaders who were rejecting what Jesus had done for this blind man. So Jesus proceeds to make a compelling comparison between the true shepherd and the religious leaders who were mistreating these poor ones, blind beggar. So Jesus shifts himself the focus from the physical blindness to the spiritual blindness of those who claim to lead God's people and that were actually the true false shepherds of Israel. Jesus used the metaphor of a shepherd to contrast the leaders who were supposed to take care for the people and himself, the good shepherd who truly loves and shepherds his flock. And to communicate his message, Jesus employs an analogy centered around shepherding. Shepherding was a big deal in Israel because many important people in their history, like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and even David, had been shepherds at some point. You remember that? So everybody understood what Jesus was talking about because everybody knew all about being a shepherd. Everybody knew that it was a tough job. You had to be out in the field in all kinds of weather and make sure the sheep didn't wander off and fall off cliffs. Plus, you had to watch out for predators. Everybody knew all about being a shepherd. Being a shepherd was all about caring, protecting, providing for, nurturing, leading, guiding, and help the sheep to grow. So when Jesus start to talk about shepherding, everybody understood what he was talking about. This was a very, very familiar illustration for the Israelites. But furthermore, 
The people listening to Jesus were familiar with the concept of shepherding and the image of God as a shepherd. They revered God as their shepherd as is expressed in many of the Psalms. It's coming now to your mind, Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But then in Psalm 77, they recognize God's guidance and leadership through Moses and Aaron. In Psalm 79, they acknowledge themselves as the sheep of God's pasture, praising Him forever. In Psalm 80, they even cry out to God for help, referring to Him as the shepherd of Israel. All those who were listening to Jesus knew who was the shepherd of of Israel. So, as Jesus begins to describe himself as the good shepherd in chapter 10, it becomes clear that he was comparing himself to God. He was drawing a comparison to God himself. But he was also exposing the religious leaders as the false shepherds. No wonder they wanted to kill Jesus. So here Jesus offers a vivid description of the false shepherds who enter the sheepfold illegally. Although, I'm sorry, I am sorry. I think I took. Yeah, so notice how he is doing this comparison. Notice how he is starting chapter 10, verse 1. And it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. He was making a vivid comparison here, a vivid comparison. Those who are the full shepherds and enter the sheepfold illegally. And although they claim that are the guys and the role models, their intentions, Jesus was telling them, are self-centered and are deceitful. Their actions and attitudes are a striking stand contrast to the kind-hearted nature, nature of Jesus, the good shepherd. In the Old Testament, in the book of Ezekiel, in chapter 34, verses 1 to 10, we are not going to read all, the whole 10 verses, but the prophet speaks out against the false shepherds of Israel. These shepherds didn't take care of their sheep as they should have. Instead, they were more worried about 
their own comfort and their own wealth. And because of this, the sheep didn't get the care and protection they needed. And as a result, they wander off, scatter, and were in great danger. And that, according to Jesus, and that was the difference between him and the religious leaders. That was the difference between him and the Pharisees. That was the difference between him and those who were saying, we are the shepherds of Israel and we are taking care of the flock. They were looking just for their own reputation and their own prestige and their own comfort and wealth. They did not care, take care for the sheep. But what truly reveals the difference between false shepherds and Jesus is that the good shepherd, the good shepherd don't abandon their sheep when they are in danger. And that was what Jesus telling them. The false shepherds, when the wolf, when the danger, dangers comes, they run away. But Jesus was telling them, I am not running away. I'm staying and I am going to stay here to protect you. And the comparison is very clear because do you remember what happened to the blind man that was healed? They cast him out. They sent him away. And at the end of chapter 9, it says that when they cast him out, Jesus found him. Do you see the comparison there? When others run away, when others don't protect, I am the good shepherd. I am the one who are here to protect, to guide, and to give my life for my ship. But in the present day, there are false shepherds that want us to go to God, jumping over the fence and not entering through the door as well. These false shepherds tell us that there is no need for Jesus, asserting that we are self-sufficient and that we can come to God in our own, own, in our own, own effort. These false shepherds declare that there are many ways, that there are many doors, and that the spirituality can be attained without Jesus. You choose. You pick what is best for you to come to God. These false shepherds plant Seeds of confusion, questioning why Jesus should be the only voice to guide us. Why only Jesus? Have you heard that?
But when the sheep really need them, they run away looking just for their own safety. These false teachings, these false teachings undermine the uniqueness and sufficiency of Jesus Christ. They tell us, no, my friend, Jesus is just one of the many prophets. He is just one of the many ways to come to God. They diminish the importance of the gospel. And you know why they diminish their gospel? Because this gospel proclaims that we are saved by grace to faith in Christ and in Christ alone, according to Ephesians chapter 2. But in contrast, as we read in the first seven verses, in contrast with when Jesus speaks, his sheep listen to his voice. And he goes before them and he protects them and he leads them, leads them to safe and place heaven, heavens. To a safe place. This good shepherd is not a stranger to them. And the sheep trust him because he is the good shepherd. So now let's turn our attention to the following verses, verses 7 to 18. These verses beautifully reveal the heart of Jesus and his sheep, and his deep, I'm sorry, in his deep love for the sheep. First, in those verses, we find that Jesus is the rightful and authorized entrance to the sheepfold. He alone holds the authority and power to lead and to guide us. Notice what verse 9 says. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, Again, notice the exclusivity of Jesus. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Peter, when he was preaching to the crowd at Pentecost in the early church, he was confirming exactly the same in Acts chapter 4, verse 12. There is salvation in no one else. There is only one shepherd. There is only one door. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus is the only way to eternal life. Jesus is the only way 
to true spiritual nourishment. There is no other door. That's the first thing that we see in those verses. But the second thing that we see in the verses 7 to 18 is that Jesus knows each one of his sheep personally and intimately. He understands our needs. He understands our struggles. He understands our deepest desires. He cares for us individually like a loving shepherd who knows each sheep by name. And that's what we find in verses 14 and 15. He says, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own. And my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, I and I know the Father. Can you imagine the relationship between Jesus and God the Father? It says that God the Father will never forsake and never will never abandon his son. And that was true for his son. And that's what God Jesus is telling us. That's how I know the Father, so then you can know me and you can trust me as well. As the fathers, as the Father loves me, I love you. That is the union that we have with this shepherd. This relationship between us and the shepherd brings comfort, security, and guidance in the assurance that the good shepherd will never leave us nor forsake us. Third, in verses 7 to 8, we find that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This sacrificial love demonstrate his immense care and willingness to protect us at all costs. Notice what he says in verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd, and this is the quality. This is the characteristic of the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We find a parallel passage in Isaiah 53 verses 5 and 7. This passage portray prophetically the suffering of Jesus for you and for me. It says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. He was oppressed and he was afflicted because he loves you, because he loves me. 
Because he is willing to sacrifice everything in order to bring you to the sheephold, to God's family. But notice, the good shepherd makes something very clear in verses 18. No one takes it from me. He was telling there, in front of the Pharisees that were planning to kill Jesus, he was telling them eye to eye, you do not take my life from me. You are not in control of what I, am, what I am experiencing right now. You are not in control of what is going to happen to me. Verse 18, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and I have the authority to take it up again. Yes, I'm going to die, but I will come again on the third day. Nobody takes my life. I am offering my life for you and for me. He was offering his life for you and for me. This charge I have received from my Father. He loves us before the foundation of the world. His sacrificial love reveals the depths of his heart as the good shepherd. What a beautiful, what a beautiful love of Jesus, eh? And lastly, in verses 7 to 18, Jesus mentions that he has other sheep who will also hear his voice. Some people, when read this, they were thinking that he was talking about people in Mars, in Venus, in Pluto, or in another galaxy. But he was talking about those who were not Jewish people there. And he was talking about you and me. Verse 16 says, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock one shepherd. There is no Jews, there is no Gentile. There is one people. The timeless voice of Jesus echoes through the ages, transcending the barriers of time and generations and breaking down the dividing borders of countries and continents. His voice still resounds with authority, declaring, I am the door, I am the good shepherd. That's what the, this beautiful Little son says, over the mountains and the seas, your river runs with love for me. And I will open up my heart and let the healer set me free. I'm happy to be in the truth 
And I will daily lift my hands, for I will always sing of when your love came down for me. Look around this, around you. Different languages, different races, different nationalities, and we are together because of Jesus. And as we reach the concluding verses, in verse 19 to 21, we observe the different responses to Jesus' loving invitation. It says that some people question his identity and diminish his words. Some, when, some people were saying, he has a demon. And he is insane. While others, it says that marvel at his teaching and seek to understand him more. Those two reactions, my dear friends, are not unique to the people of that, of that time. Today, we also face the same choice. Will we question, ridicule, or diminish Jesus or will we listen to his loving voice calling your name? Today, there are those who question the identity and authority of Jesus. They diminish his teachings as outdated or irrelevant, relying on their own understanding and wisdom. There are those who embrace a worldview that denies the existence of an absolute truth or the need of a savior. And in doing so, they are distancing themselves from the transformative power of Jesus' love and grace. But in the other hand, there are those who encounter the voice of Jesus and are captivated by his profound love and care. They recognize that no matter you, what you need to leave behind you, it's worth it because your shepherd is the one who loves you and takes care of you and gave up his life for all of us. So there is why those who follow Jesus are saying, no matter what, I will follow you till the end. So as we reflect on, on, on these contrasting responses, we are invited to examine our own heart and our own choices. Do we question and diminish Jesus or do we follow the call of his loving voice? Our response to Jesus as the good shepherd is a personal one and a crucial decision that impacts our lives and eternity. 
May we be among those who listen his voice and embrace him as the good as the good shepherd. Let us pray. Faithful shepherd, we thank you for the powerful revelation of your character and your love found in John 10. You are the good shepherd who lays down your life for us. Knowing us intimately and leading us to abundant life. Today as we pray, we ask that you will engrave this truth deep within our hearts. That you will help us to discern and reject the voices of false shepherds that seek to mislead us and to confuse us. May we recognize your voice above all others. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.